Have you heard of American Wagyu? No. Well, I'm here to tell you it is some of the most sought after beef in the world and I can get you two free pounds. So our new friends at Good Ranchers are giving you two pounds of their American Wagyu burgers for free with my code Dana. So not only does Good Ranchers sell 100% American meat that is steakhouse quality, it is one of the best burgers on the market. And you'll find boxes like the Ranchers Classic, their best-selling combo of beef and chicken, or the new Prepper Kit. And with meat prices soaring, Good Ranchers will help you stock up. Have food security and save $25 on every box for life just with your subscription. So as long as you're subscribed, your price is not going to change. Two pounds of free Wagyu burgers and zero inflation. Yeah, this offer is not going to last long. So visit GoodRanchers.com Dana to get a box of amazing American meat and get two pounds of free American Wagyu burgers plus free shipping. That's GoodRanchers.com Dana. GoodRanchers.com Dana. Dana. And they showed me a, 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 a x-ray. He said a 22 caliber bullet will lodge in a lung, and we can probably get it out. We may be able to get it and save the life. A 9 millimeter bullet blows the lung out of the body. So the idea of these high caliber weapons is that there is simply no rational basis for it in terms of about self-protection, hunting. I mean, I just, I remember, the Constitution, the Second Amendment, was never absolute. Well, I don't think that he understands what the Constitution is exactly, if that's his remark on it. So, yeah. Welcome to the show. Dana Lash here with you. It is Tuesday, post-Memorial Day weekend, and there's... A lot to break down because we also have that Sussman trial that the verdict apparently that just came in there and it's not at all surprising. Uh, And we'll talk about that. So but that was the president over the weekend who the press had asked him. So what are your thoughts about gun control and what else do you think can be done? And I don't know why he decided to go after what he says are whatever the hell that is. What the high capacity nine millimeter things i mean like what is what does that even mean what is that high caliber caliber? everything's high caliber or high capacity and these i i don't i just think that the people who don't understand what they're talking about shouldn't be legislating this stuff and i don't think that the democrats those politicians who have have overseen cities where you have massive massive homicide rates and spiraling out of control crime i don't think that that those lawmakers should be condescending to everyone else and lecturing them when they can't even they have all the laws in place that they want nationally and they don't that doesn't do anything to reduce their crime there's more to it than just that so a lot of stuff to get into today so let me give you just a little bit of a setup here because we're we're going to kind of go back and forth on a, on a number of things so it just came out i'm actually not surprised over this it just came out that the ex-clinton campaign lawyer michael sussman was found in a d with the dc jury of he's not guilty he's being considered not he's he's they said he's not guilty of his of, of, of lying to the FBI, essentially, which is wild to me because he totally lied to the FBI. And you have like every 
You have every bit of evidence to show that he lied to the FBI, but it's a D.C. jury. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth. If you don't remember, by the way, uh, what exactly happened with that, just let me give you a quick, like less than 60 second refresher. So Michael Sussman was the guy who was working with the Hillary Clinton campaign slash DNC and Perkins Coie, which is the law firm that the Clinton campaign and Perkins Coie had hired in order to work with Fusion GPS. They wanted that plausible deniability of having that third man involved, which was third man being it's it's the Perkins it's the law firm of Perkins Coie. And so that's that's they ended up not being honest about who was paying for the information that they were getting from Fusion GPS. And Fusion GPS, if you remember, is the firm that had hired uh, Christopher Steele, who has a horrible Harlequin romance name. He sounds like a goofball, and he is. He's like this ex-retired, whatever, British spy, and he they sent him to the Kremlin. I mean, it's just cringe on every level. But they made up a bunch of stuff. And they decided that they were going to leak it to the press and then use the stories that the press wrote as some sort of excuse to persuade a FISA court to start spying on average people who were just simply working with the Trump campaign and to try to derail uh, Trump. This is even after the election to undo a free and fair election. They wanted to rob you of your vote. And he had lied about it. He was accused of lying to the FBI. The jury deliberated and then they were dismissed from Memorial Day weekend. And then they came back and they said he's not guilty. And he was the guy who told... James Baker was the general counsel. He's not anymore, but he was the general counsel at the time for the FBI. And Sussman had lied to the FBI and said he was not working on behalf of any client. And he was literally calling Baker up. He was messaging him. They have text messages. He was messaging him saying, yeah, I got some important information. I mean, he might as well, which he kind of basically did say, yeah, this is about that stuff we're trying to hide. I mean, it was so outrageous and blatant. I don't know. And Sussman, he was working with uh, Rodney Jaffe and he was working with uh, the Clinton campaign, who was working with Cooey. And he was getting all the stuff that Fusion was handing to Perkins Cooey that was giving to the DNC. Then he was handing handing it to uh, uh, Jaffe and then also giving it to Baker as well, which was all about the Alpha Bank and the Kremlin and Trump, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's oppo research that was used to try to take down a, an elected, duly elected president. So that's what that's what was happening. He was found not guilty, which of course he wasn't. It's a D.C. jury. The guy totally lied. They just keep in mind that they went. They had no evidence on Michael Flynn. They went after Michael Flynn, who all he said was, I can't actually remember if I met with this person on this date or not. That's all he said. And they were like, well, you just lied to the FBI, sir. And then they threw everything at him. They said they were going to go after his kid and everything. So. Just to let you know, they can do that to Michael Flynn, but here you have a guy who's literally texting James Baker, who was who was who was the bureau's then general counsel, and they were all working with the DOJ. They were all working together. He, there's literal text messages of them working everything that they said to the FBI that that wasn't that was that wasn't true. They have the evidence of right there, and nothing because it's a DC jury and he's a Democrat, and you got that Democrat privilege. Shocker, shocker. I know, right? I mean, there's only things, the only things that you can be certain of in life, apparently, are death taxes and that Clinton will get away with crimes every time. Okay. So that's what we got. We're, we're going to start off with that. We have that today and a whole bunch more. Okay. So additionally, 
the other stuff that I want to that I because I'm going to come back to that. We're going to talk more about the trial, but I want to get you set up. If you only have like, you know, this portion of your hour that you can listen to the program, I want to make sure that you at least have an idea of what's going to be happening. So the uh, over the weekend, Memorial Day weekend, there was a lot of discussion because Senate's in recess until June 6th. So there's a lot of discussion as to what the Senate is or is not going to do. And I told you before that there's a number of bills that are being discussed between uh, Republicans and and by some Republic, I mean, I basically just uh, Mitch McConnell, and maybe John Cornyn and some other Republicans and uh, Biden, Democrats, etc. And so you heard Biden say, well, we got to ban these high caliber nine millimeter handguns, whatever that means, which is just I again, I he's the same guy that told you all to go to your balcony and just randomly shoot off randomly just, you know, fire shotguns. I'm, I'm just, you know, I don't know. So anyway, he uh, said, and, and that's that's the like one of the most popular everyday carries for women is a nine millimeter. So it's like they're going after all the things that are popularly owned by women. I guess you hate women. I mean, if you guys like to use if they like to use reductive logic for everything else, then why shan't I? Why can't I also use it now? The he says that there's the only rational policy he says is an assault weapons ban that's one of the things that he said when he was asked by reporters he and the first lady went to uvalde texas and he said that it makes no sense to be able to purchase something that can fire up to 300 rounds i mean everything can fire up to 300 rounds i just want to let you know that i mean that's everything he says the idea that these high caliber weapons which these people don't know what that means uh that there's no rational basis of it for self-protection you know that's easy for a guy who's been protected by quote-unquote assault weapons his entire life to say that no one else needs them i mean him joe biden the epitome of democrat you know white and because progressives love it parenthetical uh white privilege this guy has been protected by the very guns that he wants to ban. He thinks, th- can I just explain for just one minute, quick sidebar, the entitlement mentality of these people on the left? Their idea of self-protection is just have the help do it. That's how they view it. Just have the help do it. No, no, no. We'll hire someone to do that. We'll hire someone and pay them less. And then they can take the bullets for us. And then they can carry the guns. We'll just have the help do it. That's their whole mentality. They cannot at all envision why an average everyday person who doesn't have their their money because they're you know the rest of us aren't in dc to fleece taxpayers the way the biden family has been doing for however long they can't see they don't understand they can't imagine they can't conceptualize the idea that regular average everyday people don't have access to the same armed security that these people have access to it is such a class you know entitlement mentality thing that's their that's how they view it. That's how Biden views it. He's like that literally the guy standing right off camera there was he was he when he was talking to the press, there was a whole herd of security behind him. All of these people have quote unquote assault weapons. He's been protected by them his entire in fact, legit ones though, because they have full auto capability and select fire. His rational basis. First off, you know, AR 15s great for hunting nuisance animals. I particularly enjoyed having an ar-15 when coyotes ate my neighbor's dog can i just share with you this yeah we're gonna i'm gonna tell you this so my neighbors they were getting ready to travel and they had a little i can't pronounce it it's like this french thing it's like a poodle bichon whatever that thing right it was like a fluff ball it wasn't tiny but it wasn't you know it was like barely a mid-sized dog but it wasn't you know something that paris hilton would carry around and so 
they let their dog outside. It was in the morning. She went back inside because her coffee was just finished. And she was grabbing her coffee and she wanted to go outside and look at her in our garden with her dog and all this stuff. And we had back to a huge ranch at the time and goes outside. And before she knew it, um, I guess a pack of them, it had to be dug under the fence, grabbed that dog and uh, dragged it under the fence and took off with it and tore it to pieces. And there was just that hurt the, the dog's white fur everywhere. And she could hear the, the the howling of the of her dog as it was being eaten alive, and everything else was awful. And so they were. I mean, and they're nu- they're considered nuisance animals in Texas. It's also a great round for hog hunting. I get it that people who live in apartment buildings in Manhattan, and you know they they just live in the city, and they depend on you know the city and the government to do everything for them. I understand that they don't they don't realize what happens when you don't live in the city and you live in places where you have feral hogs and you live in places where you have coyotes and you live in places where you actually do need that stuff. And you don't even have to need that stuff. When I had, when, when at our previous house, we had a a leftist nut job who was motivated by all the crazy things that my haters say, decided to fly halfway across the country and try to break in my house and kill me. And I, thankfully I wasn't there, but had I been, guess what I would have grabbed my AR 15 and I would have done a Mozambique. I would have done two in the chest and one in the head. That's exactly what would have happened. So, Yes, you're damn right. I'm very, very glad that I have those and that everyone else, all these law-abiding people who have millions of guns that walk around every single day without single instance also have access to ours. And I dare say, I'm not going to be lectured to by a barely sentient old geezer whose own son broke federal law, but they protect him because they think he's a 50-something-year-old baby. We have a lot more to get into because we've got Wokery. I saw Top Gun. You should see Top Gun. I love Top Gun. If a movie could be my physical best friend, it would be the sequel. We're going to talk about that and a whole bunch more. Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately, we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms, and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible and gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government-regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals, and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Really wanted to break into the chorus there with that canned heat, but we're going to come back to it. All right, so first up, workers vote to become the first unionized Starbucks in Alabama. Will it mean that your beans aren't over-roasted? Will it mean that you're going to save money on the price of your coffee? No, none of these things. We have no assurances. They just said that they were, like, unionizing, and I just, that's it. That's all. I mean, did they really have, like, that bad of a life that they... You know, I'm just asking, you know, who knows? FDA investigating hepatitis A outbreak linked to organic strawberries sold at major retailers. Sidebar, I hate organic. I hate it. There's, I just, I will not do it. I f- just feel like it's crappier fruit. It's just a way for them to just sell you crappy fruit. Give me the GMOs. I don't care. I really don't care. Coat it in wax. I don't care. I just think it all, have you noticed all the organic fruit looks like butt? It's horrible. So anyway... 
They're investigating the FDA. They said that these organic strawberries sold at major retailers tainted fruit, which is a whole new song, maybe possibly a parody band that's only soft sell covers. Just going to (laughs) say. They said that it was sold at Aldi, H-E-B, Kroger, Trader Joe's, Walmart, Safeway, and others. I'm, I'm, I grow my own strawberries, so I don't care about this, but I'm just like, don't be one of those people who think I'm eating so much healthier because it's organic. Penn and Teller did a whole episode on this with their BS series, and it was actually really good. You could find it on YouTube or Amazon Prime, I think. Also, CBS News says, well, 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 looky here, Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, he got sassed and was arrested and was arrested for drunk driving. Oh, I'm sorry, alleged drunk driving. The 82-year-old drunkard was driving a 2021 Porsche. This is so so Democrat privilege. And hit a 2014 Jeep. He tried to cross the state road. Oh my gosh, and on top of it, it was in Napa country. So you know this wino was had was a few bottles in driving this 2021 Porsche. And he was at a dinner party with some friends. He left to drive home. They said it was a short distance away. But as we all know from insurance statistics, most accidents happen within five miles of the home. And they said that he was fully cooperative. But we should ban assault cars. No one needs a Porsche. No one needs anything that goes that fast. You don't need that many, you know, RPMs. You don't need that. Also, her office responded, and I don't care. Uh, A cake activist attacked the Mona Lisa. Uh, A man wearing a disguise to look like an old woman. It's all on video. Uh, jumped out of a wheelchair and tried to smash the glass at the Louvre and then smeared cake on it. Didn't work, but he's nuts. Stay with us. Almost every day we hear about another major corporation that's gone woke, tormenting their employees with progressive propaganda and funding organizations that seem to hate the country and values and free speech and rights and the Constitution. So this is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. It's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service. Plus, you get the peace of mind that your money is supporting free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to to fit any budget, and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veterans, and first responder heroes. Visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make that switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. PatriotMobile.com Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT today. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. In other words, we're capping the market for handguns. I'm sure that's going to make all of his crimes totally, all the crimes go away. Of course, this is the country that demanded that you stay in your homes, and they also have laws on what you can't say and what you can't say because they're not exactly like free speech laws. So, you know, that was Justin Trudeau, the Canadian Prime Minister. Welcome back. I'm Dana Lash. Good to be with you this Tuesday as we get our week started. Now, the and he cited what happened in Uvalde, which is weird because they didn't use any. Now, remember, it had been originally reported. And Frank Luntz, the human potato, had said, by the way, I do not like Frank Luntz. I think he's a hack. 
Frank Luntz, the human potato, was very upset that people were talking about handguns. And apparently he missed the first several days when you had Greg Abbott go out, when you had DPS, the Department of Public Safety, go out and say that, yes, a handgun was involved, etc. And then apparently they revised this four days later. So everyone was going off of what Governor Greg Abbott and what DPS had said because they reported it and said this and shared it with media as being confirmed. And so, which is weird because apparently it was not, it was, was not any, um, it wasn't, they, they used rifles. He, he, he had rifles. He didn't use any, you know, anything like that. So I don't know why Trudeau is using, why he's citing handguns. It's weird. Why? He said that they're freezing handgun sales and requiring existing owners of semi-automatic rifles to hand them over to the government, so a full confiscation. He said it's all going to take place before the end of the year. Their previous plan allowed for provinces to ban handguns, which are tightly restricted at the federal level, but the new move allows these provincial governments uh, and this was something, this is a piece, uh, New York Times. They don't have any, like, 2A, any kind of Second Amendment or anything like that in Canada. And his, his, uh, his Liberal Party doesn't have a majority in Parliament, but, I mean, they, it's what they have. So they said 15,000 models of uh, semi-automatic rifles are included in his original list of banned guns. They said it's going to... Uh, the Star reports it's going to Ottawa's new firearms bill. It's going to grow exponentially. And I'm not sure that's going to really grow the black market. And they said that they're increasing the penalties for gun trafficking, meaning that they are acknowledging that that's going to grow. It's just wild that he's that that's that's what he's targeting when apparently it was rifles, not handguns. And by the way, I still, I want to add, rifles are still, if, we, if is the discussion about saving life or not? And I think that that's kind of my, my big question with this. Because if it's about saving lives, then why are we talking about instruments instead of ways to actually save lives? I just don't see what his, 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 the Ottawa's legislation is going to do here. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, again, like I said, the crux of the issue is how do you protect loss of life at the hands of a murderer that slips through the cracks? And we started learning a lot of stuff about Uvalde in the wake of this tragedy. We started learning about how depraved this murderer was before he even did this. There was a story of he had tortured animals, this murderer, which was awful. New York Post, I don't even want to see any of it. We will not show that. But this 18-year-old apparently was sitting in the back of a pal's car, according to New York Post, holding up a clear plastic bag with two bloodied cats 
visible inside. He was known for torturing animals. And that's what a family member had said. He was known for this. So here's my, a criticism that I have of, of, and I just think that if we're going to start blaming everyone else, why are we not asking? Apparently all this stuff was very well known. He would drive around and he would shoot at people randomly with his BB gun. He would walk around in the park trying to fight people. He was known to law enforcement because apparently he had fights with his mom. He had fights with his grandparents. He was constantly going and, and, and fighting and there was yelling and neighbors heard it and they would call police. And he was known for animal abuse, torturing animals, which is definitely a sign of a psycho. And I mean, it, it's no, no, nobody said anything. So again, it comes back to the crux of the issue is how do you prevent loss of life at the hands of a killer who slips through the cracks? I mean, it's like the proverbial cracked dam, right? But all the focus is on stopping the deluge at the end instead of actually fixing the dam. And school shootings, and I think it's important to say this, even though it's not popular to say this because it's not politically correct. School shootings are, I would imagine, the most horrific homicide that you can that someone can do with an illegally possessed firearm. But yet you also still have the same number of children gunned down in city streets weekly with black market handguns. Now, one group isn't more important than the other group, but the focus is on a variable that is responsible in its misuse for the least amount of deaths. And I think that if we're going to actually have solutions, we have to be able to factually talk about these issues without screaming at other sides. I mean, I've been trying to do this for years. I've been trying to talk to people about solutions. I've been screamed at by an entire arena who booed actual solutions. Now, I haven't looked at the updated figures, you know, in the past few years, but there are more rifles and handguns in American homes, most likely because not everybody wants to or can carry a handgun. And for a lot of people who are new to firearm ownership, a handgun seems a little bit more daunting to them than a basic rifle. And so when you're when people talk about banning AR-15s, they're talking about banning black rifles that are chambered for for uh, uh, 223. But there's so many other rifles out there that are the same. Like, um, uh, what is it? The the I had an aunt that owned one. It was a, a, a ranch rifle. That's, you know, chambered for 223, but it doesn't look like the tactical, which I hate, by the way. Not everything has to be tactical. It doesn't, there's tactical and tactical. Uh, not everything has to look like it's a tactical thing, right? Now, the rifles, FBI Uniform Crime Reports, 2020 is the most recent available data. And by the way, it's easy to go to. I mean, all you have to do is Google that, and it's their crime trend map is super easy to use. They updated their website. And it shows that rifles are still used three times less in homicides than handguns. In fact, hands, feet, and fists actually use it more. There are so many people that, that own this in 9mm. And 9mm, I know a lot of people that don't carry 9mm. And they're usually dudes, by the way. No, I'm not saying that this is, you know, I'm not like saying that this is a sexist thing or anything. But I don't, most dudes I know, a lot of them carry 9mm. But I know a lot that carry more, that carry higher caliber. But I think every woman I know has, carries 9mm. 
But everything that I ever learned in class, whether it was defensive handgun use, et cetera, is that you use your pistol to get to your rifle. That's what I was always taught. So, and the AR platform is, it's, you, I mean, I don't think most people would use it to hunt anything other than nuisance animals, not to say that people don't, but generally you want to have more stopping power because you don't want to have to take more trots than that. I mean, it's good for, if you're hog hunting, it's good for, you know, like coyotes that ate our neighbor's dog, etc. What I don't get, and, and, and I wanted to make a point about this too, because I hear so many people talking about the aspect of video games, which really aggravates me. I don't blame, I don't, I don't understand the fascination that these teenage killers have with an AR-15 other than the media saturation of reporting on it. That's all you ever hear from the left is AR-15, AR-15, AR-15. They don't even know what they're talking about when they sit here and say high capacity this or that. And I don't blame video games. Everyone likes to bring up Call of Duty, but I'll just have you know, most of the firearms in Call of Duty that you're playing are NFA items, unless it's totally imaginary, like the ray gun, which, you know, I don't know if that exists. So that's not even a question. This, this banning of things is not, I don't, it's, it's not practical because there are millions of them, millions of firearms in circulation. It's just in Canada. Again, these are countries where they've, they told the populace that you have to stay home. You have to wear a mask constantly. They had stricter requirements for their flights than anybody else did. There was this story that I saw, and I have it down a little bit later, but I wanted to bring it up. There was a woman who actually had used her firearm. There was someone who opened fire uh, at an event and she used her nine millimeter handgun and took out this criminal who was wielding an AR-15. This actually happened just in the past couple of past few days. I was pulling my story up here. And that's, I mean, that happens a lot. That's an example of defensive gun usage. And remember, I told you this not long ago, the CDC hid studies on defensive gun use. We're going to talk about this a little bit more here coming up. And I also want to get into law enforcement does not have a constitutional obligation to protect your life. We're going to look at a couple of different rulings, particularly Castle Rock v. Gonzalez. And you need to know this. But I do think there's a lot of questions that still have to be asked. The press conference that took place on Friday was was heart wrenching and insane. Absolutely insane. And I when the Senate. reconvenes and that's going to be on June 6th there's a number of things that they're going to be considering and one of those is they're looking at raging the age of purchase which I'm very much against because you're not going to ban 18 year olds who who can get stuff on the black market and if the and if if that murderer did murder now there was every indication present that he was going to at some point if not at 18 then when he was older like the guy in Vegas or in Virginia Tech, which was done with two Glocks, or in Orlando. You know, I'm against increasing the age of purchase because it's a removal of a right without due process. If it is serious enough to take away someone's rights, it's serious enough to get them before a judge. That's, that's the bottom line. I mean, think about how many 18-year-olds are going to be living by themselves near school. Not everybody does the dorm life. I and mean, I was on my own at age 20. You can't punish everybody for the crimes of a killer. You know, especially when everyone around this murderer saw these horrific warning signs that didn't even require a reduction of due process through the introduction of some kind of legal bastardization called red flag. Just basic mental health interventions and an adjudication of ineligibility, but nobody did anything just like in Buffalo. 
We're going to talk more about this here as we get moving. The mainstream media shies away from the simple questions with hard answers that we all need to hear. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. Every day on the No Chit Chat podcast, I bring you the reality of what's going on in our government and around the country with no extra fluff. In my latest episodes, I lay out the blunt facts of what's going on in the District of Columbia, the way the media is misleading the public, and plans that political parties are making. Concise, comprehensible news is what America needs and deserves. I'm here to deliver. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. I have not been this excited about a movie since I don't know when. By the way, God love you, Kenny Loggins, for writing one of the best songs that's ever been committed to a recording. God love you. God bless you. May you be fruitful and multiply. This You've got to see Top Gun Maverick. Listen to me. If you have not seen it, I'm not going to lead you wrong. This song, is it really? I mean, it's so badass. Top Gun Maverick is the best sequel I've ever seen of any movie. Rivaling, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. It rivals Godfather in terms of how good it is as a sequel. Godfather is my favorite movie. You guys know this. Followed by Tombstone, which is a movie about how gun control failed. And then also Magnificent Seven. Also, I could go for the Yul Brynner, Steve McQueen original. Or I could go for the Antoine Fuqua brilliant remake with one of the best actors out there, Denzel Washington. Top Gun Maverick is one of the best movies that you're going to see. You must see it this week. And Tom Cruise did an amazing job. All the flight where, the, where they have the cameras with those in, in the jets... Those are real. Like, he legit flew that and apparently was acting as he flew, which is kind of crazy. But it's so authentic. It is so good. The new characters that are introduced, even if you remove all of the nostalgia, this movie stands alone by itself, even without the nostalgia. And I got to give some props for the discipline required in order for Tom Cruise in his 60s to keep doing the role that he's doing. He is so good. And he doesn't, he, it does not ignore that, you know, here we're like 30 years in the, into the future. It, it wraps it in. It's part of the story and it's brilliant. It's such a good movie. You've got to see it. Now, here's what you're really going to love. I talked about this at the time. Do you remember when in the very beginning when they announced that they were doing Top Gun 2? There was a lot of drama, and I was one of them who was critical that the Taiwanese flag had been removed from Maverick's jacket. And the, yeah, apparently, because China, one of China's, uh, the CCP's production companies, Tencent, had been originally involved in producing this. Well, apparently, they told uh, the commies to pound sand, Tencent pulled out, and the Taiwanese jacket is, was put, they put it back on the jacket. God bless America. This is a movie that is about American exceptionalism. It's a great movie that it's it it's just shows it's just a good American movie. I don't know how to describe it. It is th- that that feeling that we have missed from cinema for so long. And it's why it's just setting records. It just set another box office record. It breaks a 15-year Memorial Day box office record. Val Kilmer is in it. I'm a, that's all I'm going to say. Val Kilmer, yes, Val Kilmer is in it. 
I know. You you might want a tissue, especially this movie came out when I was in sixth grade, but I love Al Kilmer all throughout the 90s. And I saw Top Gun for the first time a couple years ago. Wish I would have seen it when I was younger. The scene with, oh, I'm just going to say, Val Kilmer's, it's amazing. Go see it. Make a plan. I'm going to see it twice. I'm going to m- go and see it in the theater again. Go see it. We're going to be back after this. Stay with us. I can do the things I've done, and any executive action I can take, I'll continue to take. But I can't outlaw a weapon. I can't, you know, change the background check. I can't do that. Mm. So this is what Biden, he's putting the pressure on Congress. So don't think that he's like walking back anything. Welcome to the program. Good to be with you this Tuesday. Dana Lash here with you. And a lot to go over. And I'm still fangirling over Top Gun, which I may or may not talk about again towards the end of the hour, but I digress. So the latest with everything. First off, we were talking about the uh, the uh, not guilty verdict in the Clinton campaign, the Sussman trial, which that's to be completely expected. I mean, the jury should have convicted him, convicted him for lying to the FBI, but they didn't because they're, I mean, are you shocked? I mean, of course they're going to, are going to acquit him. Corporate media was proven just as guilty. Just a quick 30-second primer as to a refresh as to why Michael Sussman was found. He had lied to former FBI general counsel James Baker. He gave Baker data and all these white papers and everything else trying to show a secret communication channel between the Alpha Bank, which is a Russia-based bank, and Trump. And it it was all concocted with the Clinton campaign, Perkins Coie, and Fusion GPS. And so he was acquitted. And it doesn't erase the fact that that Clinton's was behind one of the worst political scandals, I think maybe the worst in our country's history. So there you go. And we're well, you know, I that's the jury. It's a D.C. jury. I mean, there were Clinton donors and AOC donors on this jury. And there was overwhelming evidence. I mean, overwhelming evidence. There were texts. I mean, they had 20 witnesses. They had texts where they said literally the former general counsel Baker was telling Sussman that he was 100% confident that, uh, you know, that he was, because they were, they were literally talking about Clinton and Perkins Coie and Alpha Bank and all this stuff. They had so much evidence, so much evidence, and that he lied purposefully. But it's political, so... <sighs> I know. Now, meanwhile, Biden has said... To this, to return to the audio that we played with you when we started this hour, Biden has said he would like to have, and he talked about this, assault weapons ban, everything else, but he's putting pressure on Republicans and Democrats. Now, there's some there's some discussions about whether or not Republicans may move. So McConnell, according to the Hill, has tapped John Cornyn to negotiate with Democrats on gun legislation. And he said that he's hopeful of reaching a bipartisan agreement. He said that they shouldn't veer off into proposals unrelated to this. So they're meeting. He's meeting with Cornyn to talk about it. We have reached out here at the program to John Cornyn's office. John Cornyn is not interested in addressing this issue on air. That is a fact. Now, I would like to know what. What's being discussed, as, I sure, as I'm sure a lot of the American people would like to know what's being discussed. I would like to know what John Cornyn is going to propose. 
We know that there are a number of pieces of legislation that are in the Senate right now, two separate ones on universal background checks, both of which create a registry. You have to create a registry. There's a red flag bill. That's a Lindsey Graham bill that uh, diminishes due process. There's also a crazy far left bill that looks into making every American a de facto FFL when purchasing a firearm. So there's there's they're on recess until they're in recess until June 6th. So there's a lot of questions about this. None of the legislation that I've heard of discusses at all what to do with a known problematic, uh, very cruel individual who tortured animals who would drive around. This is in Uvalde tortured animals. And when I say tortured animals, I'm not saying that because I'm repeating something that's been reported. There's literally video and photo of him in the backseat of somebody's car with a bag of dead, bloodied cats. I don't want to be very specific, and I'm not showing it on air. I'm not playing it on air. I'm not going to describe it beyond that. But this is like the sixth. Well, this is the video and photo that I've seen of it. But there are six people out there, six different reports where people have told the press that he was not just, I mean, not just an abuser, but a torturer. That is a major red flag. That plus you're you're driving around town shooting at people with a with your BB gun. You're walking around in a park trying to fight people. There's major problems here. Cops had been called before. They knew who this person was. None of the legislation addresses what to do with a known a, a murderer who is slipping through the cracks. There's no legislation discussed about school security. Now, if the government is going to take my hard-earned dollars and your hard-earned dollars through theft that they sanction and they make you pay 30% some out of your income in order to not go to jail to the federal government, then I think that we should be able to raise objections with what they're spending money on and what they're not spending money on. For instance, as a taxpayer, I don't, I, if, if I can't change the tax code and I can't uh, abolish the IRS and I can't uh, make income taxes go away. Can I at least have some of my dollars go towards maybe establishing SROs, maybe a federal grant that works with state and st- the, the state and local governments as to how to best allocate and make sure that every every campus has an SRO? Because now we know at Uvalde there wasn't one. Furthermore, we know at Uvalde it was an open door, not just even an unlocked door. The door had been propped open. This was from the press conference that took place. Audio soundbite three. This was DPS. This was Friday. Suspected of what the of what, where we knew the, the shooter entered, Ramos, was propped open by a teacher. 1128, the suspect vehicle crashes into the ditch, as previously described. The teacher runs to the room 132 to retrieve a phone, and that same team teacher walks back to the exit door, and door remains propped open. No, there's no discussion about that. There's no discussion either about how to, or any advocacy towards educating people as to what the options are. If they know someone, if whether it's in the family or whether it's someone they know, what the process is for getting in front of a judge and starting the the process of adjudicating that person, meaning you take them before a judge, because as I said, if it's important enough to strip a right, it is important enough to have due process. And adjudicating that person either ineligible for 
you know, what for a number for you know behavior, juvenile record, whatever, or or mentally unfit. And here's the other thing. One of the proposals, and this is in this was in I think it's in Lindsey Graham's red flag bill. Now this was a draft that I had read like a, oh, a year and a half ago, and I'm going to reread. I've been re- well, I've been rereading the draft to see if there's been any uh, revisions, but. There was a reduction in, in, in doctor-patient confidentiality. Now, I, am, I agree that people who are dangerous to themselves or others through mental difficulty, mental illness, yes, that's a classification of a prohibited person. But we have to be very careful with this stuff. And when I say we have to be very careful with this stuff, I feel like our discussions about this nationally have made it to where it's a stigma to even seek help if people are having issues with mental illness. We have not made it any easier for people who need help to get it. People are too afraid to say anything. And I think in some instances when it's their family members, I think they're also afraid to say anything about the family member There's a, because it's so stigmatized by society. Just because someone is mentally ill does not mean that they're a murderer and just be, or evil or anything else. And not every murderer or evil individual carrying out a heinous act has a mental illness. You know, this individual was able to, you know, drive to school, was able to hold a job, was able to do a number of other things. Evil is real. And sometimes there is, there are a lot of factors that explain it. And then sometimes there aren't. That is why it is dangerous. Because that aspect of it makes it in some fashion unpredictable. Now, that being said, it, we have to do something to address this problem of not reporting or seeking to render dangerous people like this person was ineligible. I guarantee to you, if I knew of someone who was torturing animals and doing all this stuff. You bet your edible snakes I'm going to be in front of a judge trying to figure out what I can do to make this person ineligible. It's one of the reasons why, and I tell everybody who like sends me hate mail, I follow every single piece of hate mail that borderlines active threat. I establish a paper trail and I make sure that person is known to law enforcement so that if anything happens, then there's something that can be built on to render that person ineligible if need be. You have to do something. You have to act. Now, I know that sometimes people can, I, I think that the universal penalty is an overreaction. However, the law and order, I wanted to touch on this. Police do not have an obligation to protect your life. That press conference that I saw Friday, I was off because we were Spending time with family and because it's going to be a very, very busy June and a very busy July. And I went back and I was reading. I wrote about this in my first book. And I think it's worth revisiting. Because law enforcement do not have, and this is not a slight on law enforcement. This is just fact. There's not a legal obligation for them to protect your life. There really is not. And it's important that people realize this. For the sake of understanding why it's so important that you be your own first responder. So in 2005, the United States Supreme Court came out with a ruling that police departments do not have an affirmative obligation 
to enforce restraining orders granted by the state. Now, this was the, t- the case of Castle Rock, which is a town in Colorado, versus Jessica Gonzalez. It is a very sad story. In 1999, Jessica Gonzalez got a restraining order against her very violent, estranged husband, Simon Gonzalez. A judge noted that irreparable injury and or physical or emotional harm would result if the husband were not excluded from the family home. Now, case in point sidebar real quickly, protective orders will render you now ineligible to go out and get a firearm. I also think protective orders are worthless, as this case proves. A month after he kidnapped their kids from their front yard, she called police to ask them to enforce the restraining order. The police told her to wait until 10 o'clock to see if her husband would return to the kit, would return the kids on his own. She called the police the second time after she heard from him, told them about his vehicle and location, asked for police to look for the children. They said they declined, told her to wait until 10 p.m. After 10 p.m., they told her to wait till midnight. After midnight, she said a par- uh, an officer would meet her at Simon's apartment. She drove to the police station when no officer arrived, filed an incident report. At 3.20 a.m., Simon Gonzalez drove to the police station and began a shootout with the officers, which resulted in his death. The police discovered that the three children were in his car, having been killed earlier that evening. She sued the town under USC 1983, protected, which protects citizens who have their civil rights violated by government. She said her 14th Amendment right to due process was violated by the refusal to enforce the restraining order and SCOTUS found against her, therefore establishing the precedent that there is no affirmative obligation for law enforcement to protect your life. Now, I'm not saying this is a slight on law enforcement. There's some very good officers out there, and I don't feel like I need to constantly offer that up as a sacrifice in order for me to say simple fact or to make a legitimate criticism of one bad action. But this is why it's easier and more beneficial for you to lawfully carry your gun than to carry a cop. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so China has finally ended Shanghai's lockdown. Two months, two months, everybody has been stuffed into their home. You guys saw the stories where they couldn't even, they were running out of food. There was a guy who put his refrigerator on his balcony, left the door open, so people could see that his fridge was empty as like a thing to get to get attention to how everybody there was starving and everybody was using delivery so nobody could get anything delivered because there was, you know, obviously uh, excess demand. Anyway, their COVID zero strategy, they finally lifted it and their their citizens are now allowed out. There's still restrictions. Jeez. Trans swimmer, the man, Leah Thomas, says he doesn't need anyone's permission to swim as a woman. I will refer to you to Ricky Gervais's jokes about that. Uh, Mayor Eric Adams apparently botched a tweet about World War II on Memorial Day. He said the USS Intrepid's amazing symbol of resilience under attack at Pearl Harbor, et cetera, et cetera, except no, because that was launched in 1943, well over a year after the attack on Pearl Harbor. Look, there are mistakes were made, okay? There's a gene that turns fluffy hamsters into mutant rage monsters. A team of scientists in the United States have accidentally created overly aggressive mutant hamsters following a gene editing experiment. Searing hamsters. And they regulate things like teamwork and friendship. And apparently they made them adorable bundles of fluff turned into mutant rage monsters. That's a legitimate quote. No joke. I'll put that in your prep email on the newsletter. Stay with us. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Well, I tell anybody, 
I don't have, I got them AR-15s at home and I like to go target shooting and all that, but that's not what they're there for. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to say it, I'm probably not supposed to say it, but <laughs> I'm gonna say it anyway. I love him so much. I got them AR-15s in case the government gets too big for its britches. God bless America. Cause I'm gonna fill the backside of them britches with some lead. I'm gonna just say it to you. I'm gonna say it to you plain. Your boy ain't going down without. He ain't going down without swing. That is, I love this man, North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, and he has. He's awesome. I've met him before at a couple of different events. He is. He's fantastic, and he is right. He is absolutely right. Love me some Mark Robinson, North Carolina Lieutenant Governor. God bless America. Welcome back to the show. Happy Tuesday to you all. Dana Lash here. Midway through our second hour, this beautiful afternoon. It's approximately 1,091 degrees here in Texas today. And just to give you a lay of the land, because I got all kinds of people asking me questions. Senate's in recess till the 6th. So everybody's in their home district, state work, as it's referred to on the calendar. Everybody's in their home district right now. McConnell actually just wrapped up a speech in Kentucky. And uh, he was quoted by uh, one congressional res- uh, correspondent. He didn't mention guns at his speech. He was asked by a reporter on his way out. McConnell replied, we have a group led by Senator Cornyn and Senator Murphy discussing how we might be able to come together to target the problem, which is mental illness and school safety. Now, I want you to remember what McConnell just said there. And I'm going to lay this out. McConnell gets a lot of hits for, he's not right on everything. I don't agree with him on everything. But he gets a lot of hits unnecessarily. There are things you could criticize McConnell about that he's not. There was a Breitbart piece that sounded like it was written by Steve Bannon. And I was reading it, and I'm like, "Mm, that's not necessarily true, though. Because he has been able to use parliamentary procedure because he knows it so well, and he can can outmaneuver Schumer, even in the minority, where he is able to keep some bad stuff out and shepherd good stuff in. And keep in mind that the reason why Trump was able to reshape the judiciary the latter half of his term is because McConnell protected those nominees and got them through to confirmation. Keep that in mind. Now, I'm not saying this as a fan. I'm actually ambivalent. I think I'm pretty ambivalent about him. I don't like being fans of politicians. It really rubs me the wrong way. But on this issue, keep your powder dry until it's time, you know, rhetorically speaking, since you have to Give an addendum to everything. Keep your powder dry. There are some other Republicans I'm a little bit more concerned about right now. One of those is John Cornyn, who will not come on air with me to discuss this issue. He didn't want to address it. I'm a voter. We have affiliates all over Texas, not to mention all across the country. Don't you think that you have a right as a voter to be able to have these questions asked? What are you going to do, Senator? And I'm not saying it as a gotcha. I just want to know. I legit want to know. I'm in this because I want answers. I'm not here to just, you know, put on theater. 
But I like that quote from McConnell. Notice he said school safety, mental illness and school safety. So he holds his cards pretty tight to his chest. You got to read between the lines with him. So that kind of gives you an indication as to, I know, he's not looking at red flag. And I think that he and some other Republicans, God bless Thomas Massey, he's uh, submitted a, he's, he wants, it's not going to happen right now because Republicans are in the minority. If Republicans take over the House, you, the first thing that you should be doing, actually there's probably three things. One of those is to have them repeal the Gun-Free School Zones Act. And he's proposed a measure to do just that, which I'm glad he has. The response from law enforcement there, and just if, you, if you're just joining us, we were talking about Castle Rock v. v. Gonzalez. It's a town in Colorado. Castle Rock, town in Colorado versus Jessica Gonzalez, a parent who uh, had gotten a restraining order against her estranged, violent estranged husband. He took their three kids and killed them. She had been begging for police to get involved, and she waited half a day because nobody would. When she sued them, the Supreme Court came down, this is a 90, and said that the police do not have an affirmative uh, obligation to protect uh, or enforce this, this order. There are other Supreme Court cases out there that actually get specific with regards to protecting life. Keep all of this in mind. As you see all the footage, we saw all of that. We listened to the, the uh, DPS press conference. I know there are a lot of people mad at police there. Here's one thing I do know. Police departments don't have the training of, they don't, they don't have a lot of that tactical training. In fact, most average police don't even ever draw their gun. And that can be, that's a good thing because maybe they, they, maybe that's a testament to a crime. But I think just because maybe even if they're in a small town like Uvalde, which is a small town considering, you know, when you compare it to New York, et cetera doesn't mean that they shouldn't train like they're not in one. I think that there's a fine line between the over-militarization of police, which is a capital L libertarian complaint, and then making sure that you have a a tactical team that you can call on. I think that it's a, we are in a situation, you can't create a amoral society, or immoral society, rather, and then not anticipate the consequences of such a society. You can't disregard life, for instance, in the womb. And yes, it is all related. It's a devaluation of life. Where you have enough people that are attracted by the media saturation and the co- there was a copycat attempt. Did you see this story? Let me pull this up. I have this on my list. Did you see the story of the teen in Florida? Or not teen. Wasn't it a 10-year-old? Was it a 10-year-old or a teen? I got it somewhere here. Uh, where, here it is. They, this Florida student, 10 years old, was arrested for sending a text message threatening a mass shooting at his elementary school. Led away in handcuffs five days after 19, this was after five days after Uvalde. He was charged with it. He sent, it was Patriot Elementary School in Cape Coral. Now, I don't know how they, uh, what had the school enforcement team and youth services. I would have known. This is where I'm glad that law enforcement acted. I don't care. Someone's like, that's too harsh. He's 10 and he was perp walk. And 
not only would I have had my kid perp walked, but I heartily, heartily believe in sparing the rod spoils the child. My, I don't, and I don't believe in 10-year-olds. If you're going to give a 10-year-old a device like this, you better be checking their phone. I, when my kids were younger, because we traveled so much, my kids did have cell phones. I checked their cell phones every night. They had lock screens, everything. I would lock their phones down. You can do it remotely, parents. You have those settings. Please learn how to use them. Lock their phones down at night after a specific time. They could only access certain apps during the day. You have, if you have an iPhone, you have all these parental controls, which I think is smart. But you also can just manually pick up their phone and check it. All that. I told them if I ever had anything, if I ever heard that they had sent anything or did anything like that. Of course, nobody, you know, not every kid, kids are raised to know right and wrong and they value life and they also value consequence. But this 10-year-old, he was arrested and they perp walked him. He was out there. People were getting pictures. And it was a pretty sickening text message. Uh, Yeah, scared straight. I wholeheartedly support that. Wholeheartedly support that. In fact, practice it in my house. Because kids need to realize evil's real and it takes good guys to stop it. I know that Florida sheriff there got some criticism. I don't think he deserved it. That's the thing. We live in a society where dads are considered irrelevant. We live in a society where nobody is responsible, apparently, for any of their actions. You know, everybody can, it can all be explained away. Life in general is devalued. And you're, we're shocked that we are, that we see these things. Now, as it relates to Castle Rock v. Gonzalez and that affirmative obligation that police do not have to enforce restraining orders like this or protect your life, I will never forget these. There was a video of a mom. uh, She hopped a fence and she ran into the school to save her child. Kudos to her. And I know everyone says, oh, well, you don't know what's in there. You don't know what's not in there. I'm going to tell you what. You got a murderer in a classroom with kids. And there are some other stories that I related to this that is um, horrific. Apparently, one woman was told that her daughter bled out for 40 minutes while everyone was waiting and figuring out what to do. A Texas mom. During an interview, she was told by first responders that her daughter may have survived if authorities had acted quicker. It was uh, a bullet through the kidney area. And they said that it was likely she might have lived if they were able to get in there. Now, there's a lot to criticize here. You can talk about training, but who, who sets training? Who establishes training? Who establishes school security? This isn't everyone needs to get for one second in order to get a solution apportioning blame, because if everyone wants to focus on blame and pointing figures, guess what? Nobody's going to want to move to do anything because no one wants to. It's like a self-indictment. Nobody wants to do that. That has to be focused on solutions. How are we not having schools secured? Keep in mind, the murderer in Buffalo literally wrote in his manifesto verbatim that the reason that he targeted that area was because the restrictions meant 
The restrictions for law-abiding people to carry and the restrictions on magazine capacity gave him more opportunity to do greater damage. This isn't about arming every teacher either. I I think if a teacher doesn't want to be armed, I don't want that teacher armed. This is about SROs. And if a teacher wants to be armed and they are willing to go through the training required for to carry in a school, because right now they got to have permission to even be on the school grounds with it, then I'm all for that. If you're going to be around our kids and you're going to get taxpayer dollars, then you need to fall. I want to see how good you shoot. You have to be at least as good, if not better than me. It may be better than some local law enforcement. Says so there's a lot of groups that are going around training local law enforcement. There are a lot of local police departments that are working. And this is another thing, grant money to make sure we need discernment training. We need uh, to work on response times. We need a little bit more tactical like this, like being able to go and, and, and handle a school like this. And I get that, you know, when I was listening to that DPS presser, I just, I don't know, maybe it's like a mother, and I know dads, you, mother, moms and dads feel things differently, but I think one thing that we can agree on is that a parent, it doesn't matter if they're going to get hit, they're going to go in and save kids. There's no way, you would not have been able to stop me from going in that building. God's honest truth, you would not have been able to, even if it wasn't my kids in there. I just think you think about what happens to you after. And if the government is going to demand that parents can't even carry, they got to be kept outside at risk of getting tasered so they can't run in the building and save their kids. If the government is going to demand or any entity is going to demand that you have to be disarmed and helpless and the government is not going to provide the, the security for you, if they are not willing to bear that burden of protecting you as good or better than you can protect yourself, then they deserve every percent of the liability for it. And condemnation. We have more on the way, including some economy and wokery. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. Can we just like, you know, just Alan White, God love you, drummer for yes, underappreciated, a rock band, one of the best, age 72 pass away all right (sighs) florida man can i just say i don't i mean i've never i don't think i've ever actually played frisbee wfla has this story so a man was apparently retrieving a frisbee that he lost and he was apparently this is how it's being investigated by largo police he was attacked and killed by a gator at a park in largo florida fish and wildlife Conservation Commission and trappers were at the scene. They said there have been a number of alligator attacks and bite incidents in the area. There was another guy who went to get his his, uh, golf disc and he got bit in the face by a gator. Now, they don't have any information yet about who, you know, the the victim, etc. If you lose your Frisbee in a puddle in Florida, that's a gator's Frisbee now. Leave it. Don't be going back to get your Frisbee. Don't be going back to get your golf ball. You can replace a Frisbee. It's pl- I'll buy one for you. Stay away from it, because that's a Gators Frisbee now. Tomorrow, I'll tell you about how a man had a tantrum and threw chili at people in St. Petersburg and got a felony battery charge. Yeah, fun time. Stick with us. Third hour on the way, ladies and gentlemen.
This is a case, I remember after Sandy Hook, when Mansion Toomey became the vehicle to respond to Sandy Hook, and you were like, wait a minute, background checks weren't the issue here either. We dance around the problem here in Washington, right? Which is, particularly on the Republican side of the aisle, they don't want to deal with the weapon. They want to deal with security measures. They want to, they will rhetorically talk about background checks and red flag laws, but let's see if they actually support them. But again, even if they do, it's still reactive policymaking, right? It's about trying, it is not trying to deal with the fact that, Willie, there are now more guns than people in America. How many times do we have to repeat that? There are more guns than people in America. And with that, Chuck Todd on MSNBC you have why why don't you have the crime rate to match it that's the big question welcome back to the program third hour of our show and that's that was what was being covered on cable news the news you know the sunday morning talkers etc over the weekend uh to this i i just no one's dancing around any problem the issue is that democrats are using this as a way to move the needle on control for themselves. They controlled Congress after Sandy Hook. Why was there no grant program for SROs? I mean, they actually opposed SROs. In fact, one of the Democrat people, one of the Democrat candidates for school board in my town wanted to defund SROs. I have screenshots of them on Facebook talking about how they wanted to literally verbatim defund SROs. So... It is an issue of security because that school had none. 77, actually 77 to 79% of firearms from criminals are purchased on the black market. There's no universal background check that's going to remedy that issue. The uh, quote unquote assault weapons ban. There was a DOJ study. Barack Obama and Joe Biden, their own own DOJ, surveyed this, studied this. And they determined that the Assault weapons ban did nothing. Rand Corp, the assault weapons ban did nothing. ProPublica, another survey, it did nothing. It didn't reduce crime. It didn't stop anything. Furthermore, California has every single law you would want on the book. They were the first in the nation to introduce red flag laws. Magazine restrictions. Their crime rate is sky high because the issue isn't the instrument. We The issue is recidivism, no deterrence, and yes, school security. The door was wide open. I mean, that's a big issue. Uh, An unlocked open door isn't going to stop someone who, like most criminals, will obtain their stuff on the black market. It wasn't... And with Sandy Hook, the background check that took place... There wasn't a background check. He stole... That murderer stole his mom's firearm. And she allowed him to have one, knowing that he was violent... And he was already not, he was not able to go out on his own as a functioning adult. He did have a mental illness. And Virginia Tech, that guy fell through the cracks. He was supposed to be seen, a court-ordered, seeing a therapist, seeing a psychiatrist regularly, and he didn't. No one ever reported it. I mean, I could go on and on. No one's, there's, you do have more guns than people in America. But yet you don't have the crime rate to match. In fact, city after city, it's the same group of repeat offenders that drive the crime. 
And a lot of these so-called, a lot of the what, what the left says are school shootings are not school shootings. I wrote in my first book, I went and I looked at all the data that they compiled, that the moms demand the Bloomberg, the every town that they compiled and were saying were school shooting. And three quarters of it were crimes that were, t- that were drug deals gone wrong that were within like a block or a couple of blocks of a school. They were trying to say anything that violated the Gun-Free School Zone Act, a thousand feet or even beyond, really. They tried to define that as a school shooting and it wasn't. So the issue isn't the object. Yes, you have to have school security. We got to figure out how to deal with people who either have a type of mental illness in which they want to hurt themselves or others. Or people who are just evil and they don't care about law or deterrence or life. We have to figure out how to remedy that. No one on the left wants to have any discussion because they think that taking away everybody's guns and making everyone as helpless as the parents who stood outside that school, they think that that's the answer. And it's not. Audio sum by 14. Joe Biden still, he's not going to be leading on this because he doesn't. How many times does this have to be debunked? Listen to him again. This is just over the weekend. The Second Amendment was never absolute. You couldn't buy a cannon when the Second Amendment was passed. You couldn't go out and purchase a lot of weapons. Mm. Yeah, see, well, you could own a cannon. You can still own a cannon now. And the Second Amendment is absolute, yes. It's absolute. Now, a state can try to set restrictions... And that was, I wrote about this, that was the whole thing with uh, Scalia and Heller. Scalia wrote some of the limitations are unrelated to conventional arms as we know it. He was talking about unusual objects. And for instance, he gave the example of a head axe and how during the colonial times, um, anything that was a weird weapon, and there's two parts to this. It couldn't just be you having a weird weapon. It had to be you brandishing a weird weapon maliciously with intent to intimidate fear or as a threat that is what was restricted and everyone loves to bastardize uh, Scalia's opinion in Heller but they've never read it never read it I'll include my analysis on that I'll send I'll put it in a uh, the email newsletter over at Substack chapter and verse which you should be signed up for especially if you want to be able to track what's happening with your rights here as the Senate reconvenes on June 6th now, there's this, it, that was actually disinformation, what, what he had said there. Then you have this thing with, with Adam Kinzinger. I don't even know why anyone's bringing him on anymore. He is an irrelevant lawmaker who was redistricted out of his seat by Democrats who he spent his entire time in office butt-kissing. Listen to this. But I think that raising the age of gun purchase to 21 is a no-brainer. If you look at uh, the Parkland shooting, you look at Buffalo, you look at this shooting, these are people under the age of 21. We know that the, the human brain develops and matures a lot between the age of 18 and 21. We just raised, without really so much as a blink, the age of purchasing cigarettes federally to 21. Uh, I think we need to get there eventually. Hmm. That's Adam Kinzinger talking about stripping people of their rights. No, I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with that at all. Um, Because you're removing from someone their, a right from them. 
and they have never done anything to anybody. You're removing a right from these people without due process, which is incredibly dangerous. You know, what? the whole point is no banning 18-year-olds is going to stop an 18-year-old who's going to get it on the black market. And if they weren't going to do it at 18, what, do you, you're just what, you, you think that that's going to solve their murderous intent? They were, this, this murderer was out there torturing animals on video. He was out there shooting people, driving around town with his BB gun, walking around trying to assault people getting them to fight him in a park repeatedly. He was known as being dangerous. Classmates were saying that he was a bully. They said this on camera and that everybody knew about this. He was known to law enforcement. And this is a school, by the way, that separate from him a couple of years ago dealt with a separate mass shooting threat. And you would think that after that, they would have remedied the security issue. I mean, that's every district has generous. They have they have discretion in how funds are spent, respective of location and size. I don't know what kind of oversight exists there or how much money was spent, etc. But this idea that we're going to increase the age and purchase, we're going to take away someone's right, which is a serious thing without putting them before a judge. That's a total absence of due process. What about the 18 year olds that are living by themselves they're going to school and they're not in a dorm they're they're in an apartment i was on my own at age 20 am i to be disarmed because of what a murderer did at that age you're you're asking people to you're you're having our young men sign their name on a card that the government sends to them and if they don't sign it the draft card and return it they go to jail for five years but you're going to strip them of their rights You're going to make them forfeit and pledge their life on a draft card. Don't tell me that the draft, we don't have to worry about that. Democrats were wanting to bring that out of, they were wanting to bring it back after 9-11. I remember that distinctly because I wrote about it. So no, we're not going to be, we're not doing anything like that. Furthermore, Pennsylvania Supreme Court said it's unconstitutional in the first place. We're not doing that. All these people, they want to blame everything. They want to blame all these law-abiding people. But let's look at the facts. He was known. He was dangerous. And his, fam- his, mom, sounds, his mom sounds like a crap mother. That's garbage parenting. All these people knew that he was... The, they, all these people knew that he was trouble, but you hear the interviews of the family. Oh, we had no idea. He was the, we had no idea what he's doing. B.S., If you don't know what your 18-year-old is doing in your home, you're a garbage parent. Don't tell me that you don't have time to engage. Do not tell me. That is a lie. My husband and I both worked. We had two kids. I was traveling around the country. No, we never had nannies or anything like that. My gosh, for the love. Homeschooled my kids up till seventh grade while doing all my work, everything, I still knew what those kids were doing every single day. It's a choice to be engaged. I'm not any more special than any of the millions of other moms and dads out there that do the same thing every day. So, no. Kinsinger is just so eager to get an MSNBC contributorship. It's, he's so thirsty for it. It's cringe. Now, this, um, 
like I said, there's, there's, there were so many known factors on this. So how do we, he wants to, he also wants to look at uh, nine millimeter handguns. He had said that already. He clarifies, he's like, there's no rational basis for defending yourself with a nine millimeter. What? Yeah, he said that. So what, five, seven? <laughs> Is that what we're doing now? <laughs> what do you got like what are we doing like are we just going up like where and then he's like yes there's a nine millimeter round that blows the lung out of the body where can where does one get that round that's not what nine millimeter does where's by the way where's that round i mean it his full quote this is what he said the 22 caliber bullet will lodge in the lungs and we and and we can get it out a nine millimeter blows the lung out of the body oh my gosh that's and you knew that they were also, you knew that they were going to go for more than rifles. I told you this years ago. This is about all guns. And they want to go after the rifle responsible for the least, the fewest amount of deaths as the entry point. They want to make you all like the parents who had to stand outside that school. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Man, it's the law of threes because we had Ray Liotta and then you had Depeche Mode's Andy Fletcher also, 60 years old, founding member of one of my favorite bands, Depeche Mode, keyboardist and founding member, 60 years old. Uh, They did not specify any kind of uh, cause of death, no cause of death given, but uh, that was heartbreaking. I mean, good heavens. There's been, there's been, you had that and then, and uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You had Alan White with Yes, which is a fantastic band. So it's like music, huge blow with music, and then acting with Ray Liotta. So that's that's just sad, man. Uh, also, let's see. We have the airlines. A lot of people had flights canceled for Memorial Day. 1,000 flights. A lot of it, there were a lot of pilots saying that it wasn't due to so much a pilot shortage, but horrible management is what they were saying. Good, good heavens. Also, United Airlines, speaking of flights, no longer accepting credit or debit cards on board. So if you're flying United, they don't take credit or debit cards on board. You have to have, I guess, your cash if you're going to buy anything extra beyond the little peanuts and your little complimentary soda or whatever, you know. I mean, you're that's going to... Okay, well, there you go. That's... Yeah, that seems... I don't know what the point is for doing that, but uh, anyway. So, uh, one analyst says that the world has 10 weeks of wheat supplies left in storage. Suddenly, I want to go into wheat farming. Farming wheat, right? I know nothing about growing wheat. I want to grow wheat now. Kane and I are going to start Wheat Inc. Big Wheat. (gasps) There's the company name. Stay with us. We got a lot more in store. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. Discussing how we might be able to come together to target the problem, which is mental illness and school safety. We'll get back at it next week and hope to have some results. How does this Hmm, that's Mitch McConnell who was addressing reporters' questions about what's going to happen with. The gun gun legislation, like what's going to happen because there have been calls for gun control, etc. Welcome back to the program. I'm going to be on Jesse Waters on Fox this evening in the 6 p.m. Central hour to discuss this. And the, the slate of uh, gun bills that 
they're going to move. It's a judiciary, their House Judiciary Committee. So we have House Democrats that are going to consider eight proposals. Now, this is separate from what's happening in the Senate because there are a couple of different bills in the Senate. We talked about that previously on the on the program. And I'm going to recap you in the uh, a separate post. I'll have the email newsletter that gives you all the headlines tomorrow morning. And then I'll have a separate post that I'm working on uh, that is going to give you just the rundown of what you can expect when uh, Senate reconvenes on the 6th and when all this gets going. So it's a mid-recess markup, and uh, the Hill has the write-up on it. The aim, they said, is they want to get these to a floor vote, uh, to the floor for a vote as soon as possible. Uh, I I mean, you got to have 60 in the Senate. It's, I mean, literally 50-50 in the Senate. And and I, they're not, I don't know how they're going to get anything that hits that 60-vote threshold. The House is already, they already have legislation. It's a really bad background check bill. Uh, it's the back the universal background check bill uh, you you can't do it without a registry you you have to you have to have a federal registry quick note on this do you trust this the same government i mean we were watching the sussman trial where you had the judge the judge's wife is lisa page's lawyer lisa page was the fbi person who was going with peter strock and like oh yeah we hate trump blah 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 we hate republicans all the people who voted for him blah 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 one of the jurors kids is sussman's uh, is rowing teammates with Sussman's kid. There were AOC big time donors, big time Hillary donors. There was never going to be any kind of a fair trial. Never. It was never going to happen. You have a government that fabricated reasons to get a FISA court to spy on private citizens that as penalty for working with Trump. You had a political party, the same political party that controls Congress right now, that wanted to surveil was was secretly abusing their authority to and taking Russian operative information and fabricating sending it to reporters and then using that as a way to get wiretaps on people. They were threatening people's kids if they didn't go along with it. This is the same government that wants to keep a federal registry of every firearm you have same government i i don't trust that do you trust that this is the same government the irs that was weaponizing its authority against political groups because they didn't like the political group's messaging do you trust that the same government that allowed 300 something thousand veterans to pass away, to pass away probably uh, way before they needed to because the backlog just to get into the VA because of all the corruption and mismanagement. That same government wants to keep a federal registry of everything you have. The same government that leaks out tax information of wealthier people so they can shame them and then try to argue for greater confiscation of earnings. Do you trust the government that's already leaked private information that is a felony to share it anyway, to leak it anyway? Do you honestly trust that same government to keep a federal registry of how many firearms you have? Because that's what universal background checks do. Everything is, is federally regulated already, including private transfers from which there is no evidence. Zero, none. I've looked into it as a way to argue with myself. I'm like, okay, show me something. I'll, if you give me a legitimate fact, I will acknowledge your legitimate fact. I mean, I follow truth and logic. Show me a fact. Show me evidence. There's no evidence linking private legal transfers within state 
to the crime rates that we see. There is tons of evidence about restorative justice and bad, corrupt DAs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I come back to this legislation that they're putting out. They've already announced that they're going to vote on red flag legislation. They want to reduce evidentiary standard and reverse due process. Here's the difference between red flag laws in layman's terms and the methods that we have already to bring someone before a judge and render them ineligible, adjudicate them in a court ineligible due to mental health or other reasons, unfit to purchase, thus they are a prohibited possessor. When you go before a judge, you get to face your accuser. You also get to defend yourself. If the evidence is against you, the penalty is then that you are considered ineligible, you're a prohibited possessor, and at that point, sometimes there's involuntary commitment, uh, you know, etc. At that point, then do they act to confiscate, especially if they think that you're danger to yourself or others. With red flag, you're accused. You are not allowed to face your accuser. You are not allowed to defend yourself before a judge. The penalty is immediately rendered. Your property is confiscated. And then you have to spend a lot of money and a lot of time to restore your name, your rights, and to get back your property. In Indiana, they said the average, they remember, and some states have already passed this. In Indiana, it's like six months for this fight, and it's very expensive. And the, prop, the proposals that are currently in Washington, D.C., not a single one. Rubio's is the only one. His bill's still horrible. His is one of the, his Senate bill was one of the only ones that had a penalty. Uh, I think that was the, the Senate bill. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it had a penalty for uh, false, making a false report. But for red flag, the evidentiary standard is lower than normally what you would have in a court proceeding and the penalty is rendered and then you have to prove yourself innocent you're you are guilty until proven innocent that is red flag that is not hyperbole it is not a misrepresentation i unlike all of the other people out here talking about red flag legislation i have painstakingly over the years read every single piece of legislation i have read every single law all of the wording in all of the states across the country that have implemented these red flag laws themselves. Furthermore, I have read them at the federal level. The proposed legislation. It's garbage. There is no amount of anything that you can put around this to make it more palatable constitutionally. And I read it because I think it's important to know when people are including Republicans, when they're proposing things that may restrict your rights, it's incredible. You you should read this too. You shouldn't take anybody's word for it, not even mine. You should read this stuff and know it too. But see, they rush this because they know you don't have the time. It's my job. This is what I do is I give you information and I also give you my opinion. And if something, if a fact doesn't, doesn't, confirm or match with my opinion i can you know i talk about it then i disagree with it or whatever but facts are facts and the fact is is that this is a total reversal of due process that should terrify you the red flag proposals are some of the most dangerous some 
I mean, I actually think it's one of the most dangerous pieces of legislation, one of the most dangerous proposals ever in modern history. Or maybe one of period. Because it removes a cornerstone, foundational cornerstone of our republic, which is that you are innocent until proven guilty. You can defend yourself in a court and you have the right to know who your accuser is. That's not the case here. That has nothing to do with a gun rights issue. Remove guns from this for a moment. Consider if someone accuses you in the context of drugs or immigration or anything else. Do you realize now how the guns in this equation for red flag are just a variable? This is about reducing due process and making you less safe in your own country, not just physically, but legally. If you can be accused of anything and then have to bear the burden of time and expense to prove yourself innocent as a, to, 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 and because you're assumed guilty by the court, that's dangerous. This is when it stops becoming about firearms. It's imperiling all the other rights now. Like, for instance, I mean, especially in this justice system that we're looking at, this Michael Sussman trial, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on politically, this dude lied. They have texts that contradict his testimony. He lied. But you have a judge who is, who is married to the defense attorney of one of the very FBI people who was working to undermine the election. You have jurors who... They had kids who were teammates with Michael Sussman's kids on a rowing team. This was, and, and by the way, this is it. Don't expect anything else from Durham's probe. It's done. It's done because Sussman was one of the first steps towards expanding the case. Everything else was going to be built off of the Sussman verdict. They even had actual physical documentation showing that Hillary Clinton employed Michael Sussman. He even charged her for the USBs. And if that's not enough, nothing's ever going to be enough and you're never ever going to, this is not a fair trial. So do you honestly think in instances like this that this same system of justice is going to treat you fairly and equitably in a court of law when you have to prove your innocence because you're assumed guilty due to an undermining of due process with red flag proposals? Do you honestly believe that? That's scary. And this is, more people should be talking about this, especially in that context. Now, I have a few other things that I want to touch on because there's because we've got more. I know we're I, I have I have a lot of a lot of information here for you today. So first up, I have uh, some of the we have record gas prices. There's a new survey. This is, shouldn't be obvious, but I, I there's a reason why the Senate is moving the way they are, why Congress is moving the way they are in certain pieces of legislation now, because then you have recess coming up in August. Then you have. Um, getting into midterms at that point. And everyone's going to be focusing on the economy. 
Inflation has risen in April over the same time of year prior, new, a new 40-year record. Every month, it's a new record. 8.3% increase. The average price of a gallon of gas as of Monday, $4.62. In a new survey, Battleground States, a new poll, they said that the majority of voters believed that it was the administration to blame for the rising cost and that a majority of voters backed the expansion of drilling of oil and gas. And they looked at battleground states specifically. It was about plus two Republican oversampled. But other than that, I mean, otherwise it was, you know, they say margin of error within three. So it was pretty done pretty well and a pretty sizable. That's significant. This is going to become more and more of an issue, especially because you got Biden out there saying, oh, guys, it's going to get worse. It's uh, you know not going to be really great. He says job growth is made diminished by two-thirds. He wrote an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal. It was published yesterday on Memorial Day while everyone else was busy acknowledging the, the somber anniversary, or not anniversary, but remembrance. And they said that uh, the president in his op-ed, which was probably ghostwritten for him, said, my plan for fighting inflation, it includes taxes, which is going to make it worse. Nothing is he's proposing is, is going to help. I don't expect anyone who's never worked in the private sector to understand that, though. Uh, I mean, sorry, private sector, while not also being in Congress and utilize and leveraging that to make more money for yourself in the private sector, a la cronyism. But he warned that the current pace of job creation is going to drop significantly. But don't worry about it, he says. He's setting up talks with Fed to discuss inflation. This is going to get worse. Before it gets better. And the European Union finally agreed to ban two thirds of Russian oil imports. That's nothing burger because they're not stopping pipeline. They're only doing imports by sea. It's not even two thirds. So eh, it's a nothing burger. Listen to the Dana show live on the Odyssey app weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time. And make sure you go sign up for my newsletter over at Substack chapter and verse you can find all of the links in my social media profiles or on uh just go up to the top where it says subscribe s- subscribe and it's right up there and i'll have uh, a bunch of the stuff out there for you as well but yeah to if you haven't seen top gun go see top gun they put the taiwanese flag back tencent is out the ccp company it's a good movie to see I'll also be on jesse waters tonight in the 6 p.m central hour make sure you tune in Kane today in stupidity. All right, it's our president. <laughs> I'm just, how many times does he end up in today in stupidity? Mm. Uh, well, he says democracy has never been good, but then he uh, corrected himself. Listen. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, today we remember and we reaffirm freedom is worth the sacrifice. Democracy is not perfect. It's never been good, perfect. But, oops. but it's good, worth perfect. fighting for. Never been good, perfect. Yeah, good, perfect. But yeah, there you go. This is the guy who reads from a teleprompter, and yeah. this is the best we got. He's gonna re- he's gonna ban your guns. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that tonight, folks. Have a wonderful night. I'll be back with you tomorrow behind the mic. Sign up for that newsletter so you can get the headlines in your inbox every morning.